So we've been talking about the heart, and we realize that there are so many voices that wants to uh, come into our hearts through our mind, speaking to us in all kinds of situations. And last week we shared about the voice of tradition, which has such a, a hold on so many lives, so that even Christians who are not able to break free from that voice uh, to enter into the reality of the truth of the Word of God. And we look at different personality from the Bible, people who love God, people who really serve God, and yet Satan was able to come into their lives and, and destroy them or affect their, uh, their decision that bring about so much damage. We talk about Ananias and Sapphira. We talk about King David. So this morning, I just want to bring another personality that uh, was affected by Satan and that brought about his uh, ruin. Uh, that is Judas Iscariot, the disciples of Jesus. In Luke 22, verse 3, it says, Then Satan entered Judas, called Iscariot, one of the twelve. So Judas, he started well. He was a disciple of Jesus. And in fact, he has shown such promising future serving God that Jesus chose him as one of the twelve. But somewhere along the line, there are issues in his heart that wasn't settled, that wasn't dealt with. And so the enemies, Satan was able to come into his heart, into his life, and brought about his destruction. So all these examples serve as a warning uh, to us so that we will take this word seriously, so that we will protect our hearts, so that the enemy will not be able to come in and destroy our life. This is why King David, the man who is after God's own heart, in Psalm 139 verse 23, he prayed and said, God, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. So David knew what the enemies can do to him and what the enemies can do inside his heart. And, and, and so David is crying out to God to search his heart. And that's something that we need to do. Because we really do not know what is inside our hearts. And sometimes we are living in self-deception. And uh, we're not able to pick up the deception, that what the enemy has been doing in our hearts. And as a result, it brings disaster in our life. So we need to pray like David and say, Search me. Search me, O God. And know my heart today. Because David desired to walk in the way everlasting. He wasn't after the short-term gain. He wasn't after the immediate gratification. Even though that could uh, uh, come into his life and affect him. But David doesn't want it. David really is a man that's after God's own heart. So he's saying, God, show me the way everlasting. Show me my heart. Take away things that, is, that shouldn't be there so that I can continue to walk with you. And so, 
our hearts need to be tested by God. Our hearts need to be tested by God. 我们的心呢，是要被神来检查的，也被神来考验的。Why? Look at Jeremiah 17 verse 9 and verse 10. It says the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the mind to reward a man according to his conduct, according to what his deeds deserve. So not only do we need to cry out to God to search our heart, God himself also want to search our hearts. So the reason why God need to come in to search our heart is because the heart of man is, is uh, deceitful, is above all things, deceitful. That means we can lie, we can uh, cheat, we can cover up, we can defend, argue. We can blame others in order to protect our hearts from facing the reality of what we have done. So God needs to come into our hearts and search out those things so that the deception will be, will be uh, exposed and the, the, so that our hearts can be dealt with. God wants to search our heart not to find faults with us. He wants to search our heart in order to help us to have a clean heart, in order to help us to enter into what He has for us, in order to reward us. So we, we need not be afraid of God because God has good intention. God has good purpose. He wants to reward us. He wants to bless us. He wants us to have a great future. You know, David the man that's after God's own heart, he tried to cover up using his position as king. He wanted to send Uriah, the husband of the woman that he had just committed uh, adultery with. He wanted to send Uriah to the forefront of the battle so that he would be killed and nobody would know what happened. So you see, even David, a man after God's own heart, he could fall into the snare and the trap of the enemies. And that's why David is praying. He learned from his lesson. He's praying, God, you search my heart. I dare not even trust my own perception of myself. Because God, you know everything. But so many of us, we think we know everything about ourselves. You know, we have such a wrong perception about ourselves. When people speak and point things out to us, immediately we argue with defense. We have such a wrong perception about ourselves. But David said, I dare not. I dare not trust even in my perception because the heart of man is so deceitful. God, you search my heart. You find me out so that I can respond to your dealing." In my heart. So, even God Himself, sometimes He's not sure about man's heart. The all knowing God, when He looks at the deception 
That is immense heart. He wasn't sure. You know, when he looked down and saw Abraham, how Abraham loved Isaac, the son that God has given him at his old age, and the focus of attention that is placed upon Isaac, and so on. Even God wasn't sure what was in the heart of Abraham. Was he still the same man that he has called? Or has he now changed because of Isaac? So God needs to test Abraham and test his heart. And God tell him to bring his son to go up on the mountain and sacrifice his son unto God. Genesis 21, uh, 22 verse 1. Genesis 22 verse 1. Sometimes later, God tested Abraham. God tested Abraham. So, you see, God needs to uh, test us. And then, thank God, Abraham passed the test. Abraham was willing to sacrifice his son in obedience to God's voice. Abraham has put God as everything in his life. He trusts that if God were to take Isaac away, God is going to restore or resurrect him back to life because God is a faithful God. So that was the, the heart and trust that Abraham has. And so when Abraham was willing to sacrifice son in verse 12 of Genesis 22, God said, do not lay a hand on the boy. Do not do anything to him. Now, now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Before God tested Abraham, he has his doubt. He wasn't sure. But now he can be absolutely sure because Abraham, through his action, through his obedience, through how he responds to God concerning the things that is dearest to his heart. And that's how, how we will know what is in our, in our heart when we are able to deal, uh, to respond and, and walk in obedience even in dealing with things which are dearest to us, most precious to us. And yet, we are willing to obey God even in dealing with this kind of matters. That shows that we really love God. That shows that we really fear the law. And that's what Abraham did. It's not in our words. It's not in our singing. It's not in us saying, God, we love you and, and we will serve you all our life. But it's in our action, in our response to God that will show whether we are really wholeheartedly following God. You see, Abraham has legitimate reason to argue it out. In fact, his reasoning would be very strong. You know, when he hears the voice to sacrifice Isaac. You know, from what he knows, God is a loving God. Surely a loving God would not ask him to do such a thing. It must be the voice of Satan. Hey, this is God's promise. So we have to protect what God has given rather than destroy it. So again, it proved that this voice is not from God. So in all logical reasoning, argument, 
Abraham can easily explain the word of God away. He can easily nullify the word of God. But Abraham knew that voice. He's familiar with that voice that has been speaking to him during the last 20, 30 years of his life. So Abraham was pure in his heart. There was no deception in his heart trying to explain things away. So we see that the reason why God tests our heart is not to find fault with us, but rather to see what we have done so that He can reward us. Immediately after Abraham was willing to sacrifice his son in obedience to God, God promised him He will be the father of nations. And nations in the earth will be blessed because of Him, because of His children. Can you see God is here to reward us according to what we have done? From the response of our heart. He's not trying to find fault with us. So God, we we need God to search our heart. God Himself wants to search our heart because our heart can be so deceitful. And God rewarded Abraham after he searched his heart. And there's another example David. David wanted to build a temple for God. And uh, in 1 Chronicles 29, verse 17. 1 Chronicles 29, verse 17. This is David saying, I know, my God, that you test the heart and are pleased with integrity. All these things have I given willingly and with honest intent. And now I have seen with joy how willingly your people who are here have given to you. So David, even though he was not to build a temple, but he, in his heart, begins to prepare for the resources, the material to build the temple. It's such a humongous uh, project. And we, we learned before, it costs, well, the amount that it costs to build that temple is just, it's just mind-boggling. It just blew your mind up. But David was preparing uh, the finance, the material, in order to help Solomon to be able to complete the project of building the temple. And as a result of his giving, the people also joined him in giving to the Lord. And at the end, David has this prayer. He says, I know, my God, that you test the heart and are pleased with integrity. So David knew that when God searched our heart, what was he looking for? So David said, God, you are looking for integrity of the heart. What do we mean by integrity of the heart? Does it mean that we don't cheat people, then we have integrity? And and that's what David is talking about. It's more than that. It's bigger than that. Because David knew that whatever he has is given by God, is blessed by God. They belong to God. And how he managed his finance... Does he use it for himself? Does he use it to build his own kingdom? If that's all he does, even though he worships God, even though he follows God, that is a heart that has no integrity. 
Because as Christians, we, we, we say, hey, you know, what, what we have belongs to God. But we just say it. When God wants it, we don't want to give it to Him. There's no integrity. We hold on to the things as if they are our own. Our kingdom. Even though in our mouth we say, God is yours. But David said, God, you have tested my integrity. You know, through those many years, David has accumulated so much wealth. Yes, he has built his palace. That's why he think about the, the temple. He has so much wealth. But David did not hold on to them. And he wanted to build a temple that befits the name of God, the glory of God. He wasn't going to build a, a, a shabby building just to house the, the, the tabernacle, the, the ark. He said, God, your name is so great. You deserve the highest praise. So we want to build a magnificent temple that befits your name. But to do that costs a lot of money. David wasn't going to hold back and say, oh no, you know, I just give a little bit. You know, so we built a small temple for God. David was willing to give everything, whatever he has, to build a temple. You know, that's why God, David say, God, you, you, you test my heart. You see the integrity in my heart. You know, the way David, David talked, it's as if David was willing to, to shoulder and finance the whole project by himself. But this project was so big, David couldn't do it by himself. He needed the others to give. He needed the whole nation to participate because the project is so big. There's nothing in David's heart that's keeping him from holding back from God. And that's why David said, God, you, you test the integrity of the heart and you are pleased. This is so when we hold on to the things that we have and we give a little bit, well, it's good. But if God demands bigger from us, greater, more from us, are we willing to obey? Are we willing to give. In this case, it, it wasn't even God demanded it. David said, I give willingly. Willingly. Not God demands it. But David see that God's name. You know, we've got to honor God's name. Not with words. And so, David willingly give to the Lord. This morning, integrity of hearts is willingly we truly consider the things, the blessing, the family, everything that God has is given by Him and it belongs to Him. We are just stewards of the thing. And so we've got to have integrity to steward what God has given to us for His kingdom, for His glory. And then David say, all these things have I given willingly and with honest intent. Honest intent. So David has honest intent. What is honest intent? Some of us, we do something for God, but we demand in return, you know, a certain thing. That is, that is not honest intent. There is a motive behind you know, even though it may be a legitimate motive, but still, 
We want to rise to the level where we just love God and we just offer to Him, we just give to Him, we just do things for Him, even though we never get a return. Not in this life, but we definitely know God is a rewarder of those who, who serve Him. But, but we, out of, out of the, the, the love of our heart, we just want to serve Him. You know, that's a pure motive. Okay, so the honest intent. David built the temple. It's solely for the glory of God. He wasn't building a, a, a magnificent temple so that he can declare, Oh, I, David, has built this temple. I, David, has left my mark, my achievement in this world. No, that wasn't David's intent at all. His intent is God. Your name is so great. Your ta- your, 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 the Ark of the Covenant, your glory, your presence, how can it be dwelling in a tent in such a shabby thing? Your name is so great, so we've got to build you a magnificent temple befits your name. You see his motive? His motive. So do we, when we serve God, do we have other motive to gain the acceptance of men, approval of men? to boost our own self-image so that people respect us and so on? Do we do it for, for those kind of, of motive? Or is it God? It doesn't matter what people say. They can ridicule me. They can misunderstand me. You know, they can misjudge me. But God, my heart is pure. I do it for you. Regardless of whether people approve or not approve. I do it for you and I will focus on serving you. So David is so different from the previous king, King Saul. King Saul, once he came into power, what did he do? He built a monument for himself so that people can look at him and and praise him and, and see his achievement and so on. But David wasn't. He was greater than King Saul. He has greater accomplishment than King Saul. But never in his heart has he ever desired to build his, king, his own kingdom because he knows that he's building God's city, the city of David, where, where the presence of God dwells there. Never in his heart to build a monument or build something uh, for people to remember him. But he's pointing people to God. He's pointing people to the glory of God. So God is searching our hearts. He's looking for integrity. He's looking for honest intent in the things that we do. And then, thirdly, we realize when we say God searches our heart, it's the Holy Spirit is searching our heart through His words. Acts 2, verse 33, on the day of Pentecost, when the people heard the preaching, they were cut to the heart and say to Peter and the other apostles, Brother, what shall we do? They were cut to the heart by the word of God as a, as a result of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. So you see our heart acts as a conscience in our life. God speaks. He speaks into our hearts. And we felt it in our hearts. Not in the mind. In our hearts. So the, the, the people on the day of Pentecost, they were cut. The cut in their hearts. So when you listen to the preaching of the Word of God, and it cuts, especially when we talk about 
things related to the heart. It cut deep, deep into your heart. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. That's the searching work of the Holy Spirit in your heart to search you out through His Word. David, the man that's after God's heart, God's heart, he's very conscious of the working of the Spirit. He's very sensitive to how his heart feels when God is trying to speak to him. You know the incidents when King Saul wanted to kill his life and he has opportunity to kill Saul. And that particular time, he just cut the edge of the, the garment from, from King Saul's uh, 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 rope. The Bible in 1 Samuel 24, verse 5, it says this. 1 Samuel 24, verse 5. Afterwards, David was conscience-stricken for having cut off a corner of King Saul's robe. He said to his men, The Lord forbid that I should do such a thing to my master, the Lord's anointed, or lift my hand against him, for he is the anointed of the Lord. So David was very sensitive to God's dealing in his heart by just cutting the edge of, of, of King Saul's rope. And we've got to maintain that kind of sensitivity, that tenderness in our hearts to what God is saying. You know, but if you keep resisting, resisting the Word of God, nullifying the Word of God, your hearts get hardened harden every time. So that's why when we our hearts are hardened, God speaks to us again and again and again. It just doesn't go in. We just don't know anything wrong. We don't see that there's anything wrong. We can see everybody's fault. Just like the nation of Israel in the wilderness. You know, God said their hearts are hardened because every time, these ten times, ten times, you have tested me. That means God has spoken to them one, two, three, ten times. They reject. They nullify the word of God. They don't see they are wrong. They see Moses at fault. They see Aaron's fault. They even blame God. They don't see themselves. You know, harden, harden. So we need God to search our heart. We need the Holy Spirit to come and convict us. We need God to cleanse our heart. We need God to cleanse our heart. Ezekiel 36, verse 25. I will sprinkle clean water on you. And you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. So God will want to cleanse our heart by releasing His word into our heart. So when He cuts our heart, by His Word, by the anointing of the Holy Spirit, He's trying to clean us up. So don't resist it. You know, Let Him sprinkle His clean water, the pure, unadulterated Word of God. You see, this is what we want. We don't want people to say something nice, but ignore our problem. We don't want the people to preach such a word that God wants to bless us, but don't tell us about the condition that we need to fulfill. So they are leading us in deception. They are giving us a false image of God. So what we need is the clean, pure water 
of the Word of God. It may cut our heart. We may not like it. It may cut our heart. But the purpose is to cleanse our heart, to remove every impurities and idols from our hearts. That's why the Word of God come to us in such a powerful way. And it, it, it really goes deep into our hearts every week if you care to listen to what God is saying. But many of us, we just listen. We don't, we don't respond except by raising our hands, praying. But after that, we don't respond. We don't allow the Word of God to work in our hearts. To respond to the Word of God, to, to, to receive the clean water of the Word of God is to allow that Word to play its part, to cleanse our heart, to change our mindset, change our attitude, change our life. Change our idols. Uh, take away, remove our idols. Because those are the things that we trust in. We trust in our performance so that we pride ourselves in what we do rather than in God. So we can't see ourselves. We can't see our faults. Right? So there are so many different idols we hang on to that stop us from receiving the Word of God, listening to the Word of God. Allow the Word of God to come in and remove those idols. Remove those things we trust so that we, like David, we just trust in God. Not in words, in action, in our response. You know, we trust in what God says and we obey. We want to follow what God wants to do in our life. So this morning, this is what I want to share with you, that we really need to guard our heart. And to guard our hearts, we need to cry out to God and say, Oh God, search my heart. Search my heart because I understand my heart can be so deceitful. You know, when I lie, when I defend myself, accuse others to justify myself, I don't even realize it. I don't even know it. God, you need to search me out. Search me out so that I can face, come face to face with myself so that I can deal with it. Allow you to work in my life so that I can enter into what you have for me and receive the reward that you have prepared for my life.